Hi, this is Ananda, President of the Hare Krishna Community near Washington, D.C. What follows is a Sunday talk recorded at our temple. Every Sunday we invite the public for meditation, a talk, and a vegetarian lunch. We'd love for you to join us. More information is available at iskonofdc.org. That's I-S-K-C-O-N of D-C dot org. Thanks, and I hope you enjoy the talk. Hare Krishna. So before we start, let me offer my uh, prayers and respectful obeisances to our founder teacher, Srila Prabhupada, whose deity is uh, placed right in the back. Namahum Vishnapadaya Krishna Prashtaya Bhutale Srimate Bhaktivedanta Swami Tinamani Namaste Saraswate Deve Gauravani Pracharine Nirvisesha Shunyavadi Pashyata Deshatarani So today's topic is uh, prosperity and religion and I was thinking of uh, speaking from a small section in Bhagavad Gita chapter 3, specifically verses 10 to 15, which talks about uh, this particular topic and how it uh, matters to every human being and especially how it matters to people who are practicing bhakti or Krishna consciousness process. So... Um, when we say prosperity, what does come to our mind? Monetary wealth. wealth. Then? Material possessions. Then? Good health. Well-being. Then? Come on. There is more to prosperity, right? Or we are just so divorced from prosperity that we don't even want to talk about it. (laughs) Comfort, security, feeling of being protected or feeling safe. So all those things are the proper definitions of that word prosperity according to the dictionary itself and when we combine that with religion there are extreme reactions from the people there are people who would say oh prosperity is a detriment towards spiritual advancement it's not needed renounce everything become a monk and if we do that 99% of the temples would be empty and at the same time there are other sections of people that focus exclusively on that prosperity and forget about the religion portion so there is a specific reason why Krishna talks about this particular topic in Bhagavad Gita 
we'll explore that also in today's talk and today's session is not just me sitting here and talking you will also be participating along with me and you will also be doing one or two exercises in groups are we ready for that okay verse 10 in chapter 3 in the beginning of creation the lord of all creatures sent forth generations of men and demigods along with sacrifices for vishnu and blessed them by saying be thou happy by this yagya within brackets sacrifice because its performance will bestow upon you everything desirable for living happily so looking at this translation what do you see is missing i'll make it easier for you what's highlighted in red so if we read that full sentence again now be the happy by this yagya sacrifice because its performance will bestow upon you everything desirable for living happily and achieving liberation but the human mind being human mind it just stops with what it wants and it will stop at desiring prosperity and living happily that's it because we all want to live happily but more importantly krishna is saying we have to live happily and also we have to work towards achieving liberation so in that purport shila propad our founder teacher writes the lord created this material world to enable the conditioned souls to learn how to perform yagyas sacrifices for the satisfaction of vishnu so that while in the material world they can live very comfortably without anxiety and after finishing the present material body they can enter into the kingdom of god very beautiful explanation right very compassionate merciful very understanding because people when they are living in this material world that includes all of us we want to live a comfortable life without anxieties but that's not the goal once we have that then we should work towards liberation self realization portion so we'll see how uh, how this yagya specifically sacrifices lead to that and we will also define what is yagya and what are the benefits so yagya is defined as sacrifice and again a dictionary definition is it is an act of surrendering a possession as an offering to god the act of giving up something that you want to keep especially in order to get something or do something or to help someone something you give up usually for the sake of a better cause it is the offering of food 
or objects to a higher purpose, in particular divine beings, as an act of worship. So in verse 10 we saw in the beginning of creation, the living beings, that's us human beings and also other living beings, other entities like plants, trees, animals, insects, worms, birds, so on and so forth. So they were sent into the creation and along with them demigods were sent. We will also look at what does it mean demigods and who are they, what are they. So demigods were sent and along with them yajna, sacrifice process for Vishnu was sent so that the living beings can live comfortably while they are in this creation and also elevate themselves to liberation. So the chief purpose of all yajyas is the ultimate satisfaction of the Supreme Lord and there are many verses in the Vedic scriptures as well as in Srimad Bhagavatam where it says Yajna is Lord Vishnu himself and uh, the chief beneficiary of all Yajnas is Lord Vishnu. And Krishna also makes an interesting statement in Bhagavad Gita. Chapter 5 verse 29 he says Bhaktaram Yajna Tapasam Sarvaloka Maheshwaram So he says Bhaktaram is the enjoyer, supreme enjoyer and of what? Yajyan tapasya. Yajya is sacrifice, that what we are going to discuss today. And tapasya are the austerities. So he is the chief enjoyer of all the yajyas and all the austerities that are being performed by anybody and everybody in the creation. And he says, a person in full consciousness of me knowing me to be the ultimate beneficiary of all sacrifices and austerities, the Supreme Lord of all planets and demigods, and the benefactor and well-wisher of all living entities, attains peace from the pangs of material miseries. Who wants to attain peace from the pangs of all material miseries? If I can lift my both legs also, I will do that. <laughs> so towards that purpose, this material creation has been made possible by the Supreme Lord. And we will see what the purposes are. It is a chance offered to living beings to go back to the spiritual world. And then people might ask, what's wrong? with living, continuing to live in this material world. As we hear from chapter 2 of Bhagavad Gita, anything that is made up of matter is temporary. It exists only for a short period of time before it is gone or destroyed. So that includes our relationships, our attachments to our loved ones and also to all the things that we have acquired. It doesn't stay with us for us or we don't stay forever for us to enjoy them. 
So it does exist only for a short period of time. And on top of that, we have these things called old age. How many of us have seen that, that everybody gets old at a certain point of time? It's a true fact, right? It's not like only I remain youth forever and only all of you get old. We all get old at some point in time. And old age is not a, a joyful experience or an enjoyable experience because with old age comes so many other discomforts. Disease. Everybody f has to fall sick at some point of time. It could be just a common cold, a common headache. Even just a common headache, is it a pleasurable experience? No. We are ready to bite off our family members who come and disturb us when we have even a normal common headache. Because we feel so miserable at that time. So, old age disease and then death comes. Because they say, right, death and taxes are certainty in this world. So, nobody can avoid that. But, if a living being finally finds a process and a way to go back to the spiritual world, none of these temporary nature, none of these old age, death, disease, these disturbances are not there. We can have an eternal youthful form, non-stop enjoyment with God and His associates. So that's what the scriptures talk about, especially the Vedic scriptures. So the purpose of material creation again is to learn how to perform yajnas for the satisfaction of Supreme Lord. Let's see what the benefits of yajnas are. When a living entity performs yajnas, their activities are purified. Their eatables are sanctified. They get peace and happiness in this material world. Consciousness and existence gets purified. For what purpose? Ultimately, to get entry into the kingdom of God. So towards this purpose, Krishna is recommending yajnas, especially to human beings, saying, hey, you guys want to live a comfortable life without anxiety, there is a proper way to do that. And the proper way is by executing yajnas. And it serves a dual purpose. First, it addresses the side benefits of the material comforts and so on and so forth. And then it has the ultimate higher goal of life, which is to connect with God and go back to the kingdom of God and to live with God there forever. So that's why in the next verse, Krishna says, the demigods being pleased by sacrifices will also please you. And thus, by cooperation between men and demigods, what does he say? Prosperity will reign for all. So he wants a cooperation to happen between human beings and demigods. Okay. 
get familiarized with this personality because we will see that person one more time because he or she represents us. Demigods. I know Demi more, but who is Demigod? <laughs> so Demigods, who are they? The Demigods are empowered administrators of material affairs. Okay, what does it mean? Let's take an example. We are living in the DC metro area, right? Where there are lots of federal government agencies. We have so many different departments. Department of Defense, Department of Homeland Security, Department of State, Department of Treasury, so many departments. What do those departments do? They carry out a particular task that is to ensure the smooth running of the federal government. So we are talking about just a country here and it might be quite a big country and quite a powerful country but still it's small in size. Yet to properly administer and make a smooth running of the day-to-day -day affairs of the government there are so many different departments that are needed and each of those departments have a department head right and who do they report to the president of the country so the president of the country doesn't go and do all the individual tasks of each of those departments the president delegates the power and authority to the department heads and the department head they will have their employees to carry out the functions of that department. So similarly, the universe has so many things that need to happen for it to keep running smoothly like a clockwork. And believe it or not, there are 330 million departments to manage the affairs of the universe and each of these departments has a department head they are called demigods and they are given certain power and authority to fulfill the duties of that particular post or role and they get the power and authority from the ultimate authority who is God Krishna. So they are the authorized supplying agents on behalf of the Supreme Lord. So they do that service for God and for the benefit of all the living beings in the creation. The supply of air, light, water and all other benedictions for maintaining the body and soul of every living entity is entrusted to the demigods and there are 330 million demigods good luck knowing the name of each of them okay so again our friend is back now he is I think hopefully he is satisfied with the explanation of who the demigods are and what they do and what their roles are but now he is okay yeah 
we were discussing about prosperity right so people who want to ha enjoy prosperity and the material comforts while they are living in this material world they need to perform yagya but i don't want that kind of a lifestyle i am very simple minded a simple living is enough for me why should i do this yagya because arjuna also had the same doubt because the bhagavad gita is a conversation that's happening with between the supreme lord krishna and arjuna arjuna is saying i don't want to fight this war i don't want the benefits of this kingdom and all those comforts that come i will go and live a life of a beggar so he is saying since i am i am not interested in uh, prosperity or the material comforts why are you asking me to fight this war because there is no i don't want to fight and i don't want to do any of these things and i am fine because i don't need any of those things so krishna answers in response to that all material necessities come through yagya all eatables either vegetarian or non vegetarian heat light water can we produce water to drink it has to come from rain air to breathe etc and all the manufacturing enterprises depend on natural resources like metal and minerals and so on and so forth who is supplying all those things it's the supreme lord through the agency of the demigods so all these things so even if we are not wanting or desiring a, a materially comfortable life just by our existence we need something to eat and we will be using something that's being provided within this creation and krishna is saying you have dues to pay for that aha you cannot escape arjuna that's what he is saying let's consider an example and i at this time i want you to just break down into small groups take maybe two or three minutes and discuss on the two points all of us live in some kind of a home it could be a rented home or it could be our own home and we have utilities right electricity gas internet telephone and so on as a consumer what is the expectation from us that's question number 1 and question number 2 what does happen if we do not meet those expectations so please discuss form a small groups maybe like four or five in a group and then come out with the answers for that and then we will proceed we'll tie that to what we are discussing hare krishna time is up hare krishna looks like people have lots of complaints about their utility companies <laughs> they don't want to stop talking okay so where are the volunteers in the temple room 
can we get two mic wireless microphones one this side one this side so that we can uh, quickly move the mics around and the groups can share their findings we are all eager to learn about the findings so who wants to go first and be very short and precise so that we don't consume too much time it gives more time for others also to share <coughs> make sure it's turned on yeah it's on okay so what our group came up with is 100% chance of death but there is all but you can also use this as a as a um as a tactic if you don't have all these you can you can actually go back to godhead because while you're yeah, dying, hold on hold on hold on <laughs> the task that was given to you as group members was two questions about utility companies you are giving the talk that i am supposed to give <laughs> so it those two questions i am looking for the findings that you came up with for those two questions yeah go ahead blue so in our group we discussed two thing one is uh, we have to pay the bill Ah. Uh, utilities and second thing is we need to use it wisely okay okay there's red one Yes. 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 So the what group came out with one point that we are <laughs> they keep raising the rates. So utility company provides the service but at the end of the month along with the service comes the bill. And we are expected to pay the bill. how cruel of them <laughs> and if we do not pay the bill so as prabhu was mentioning the whatever service that we did not pay the bill for that service gets disconnected so did are the other groups also have a similar finding or were your findings slightly different same right there's one more person here that has a different opinion please raise your hand so that they know yeah that's okay that's good go ahead so prabhu i was just thinking that krishna really is providing the best customer service ah because uh, i have been consuming heat light water air for a long time and really i haven't paid my bills yeah and he is still continuing and to provide it he is still continuing it. to provide it right it's not like immediate shut off right 
He's so kind and patient. He's willing to wait. Right. Good point. Okay. So now, when these utility companies provide a service, provide a bill, and we are expected to pay the dues, if we do not pay the dues, our services get disconnected. But now, as he was pointing out, in this creation, we are provided air to breathe, water to drink, water to grow our crops and grains and vegetables and fruits and so on and so forth. And we are provided with so many other metals, minerals and natural resources for us to make use of. And we are expected to, to perform this Yagya process as a way of settling our dues because we, we are obligated to do so. So far none of us told that we have to pay our dues. We thought it, so it was available free. Since it was available free, we thought like we can go on consuming it and said, okay, see you later. But Krishna is point educating us in through these verses that yeah, these things are being provided for all of you in this creation, but when you are consuming it, you are expected to pay your dues. Even when somebody gives us something, the first thing we say is what? Thanks. So, yajna is also a process of expressing our gratitude to the Supreme Lord and the demigods for all the things that are being provided to us in this creation. And comes the dues that we are obligated to pay. So now let's see what Krishna talks about. In charge of the various necessities, this is text number 12 in chapter 3. In charge of the various necessities of life, the demigods being satisfied by the performance of yajna, sacrifice, will supply all necessities to you. But he who enjoys such gifts without offering them to the demigods in return is certainly a thief. Very strong words. Suppose if I come to your home, you have lots of things in your home. Wow, it's just lying there. So when I go home, I pick some of those things and I go home. What, what am I called? Those, those things belong to me or you? Right? So similarly, we are being provided with all these natural resources in this creation and we are using it to enjoy and to live happily and have a comfortable life. But if we are not paying our dues, we are called thieves. So, before that, is stealing a good thing or a bad thing? You are talking like a very Mahabhagavata devotee <laughs> on a normal day-to-day -day interactions. Stealing is not considered a good thing. And that's why Krishna is going to talk about this and we'll dive a little more deeper into that. So, text 13 he says, Devotees of the Lord 
are released from all kinds of sins because they eat food which is offered first for sacrifice. Others who prepare food for personal sense enjoyment verily eat only sin. So again, here he is talking about yajna, but he is particularly talking about yajna in relation to what we eat every day. So he is saying, he's recommending that what we eat should first be offered in sacrifice to the Supreme Lord and then consumed. By doing so, what happens? All our past sinful reactions are wiped clean. But if we do not do that, we are accumulating more of that. So let's look at what is sin. When the word sin is mentioned, what comes to our mind immediately? It looks like I am in some remote aboriginal land where people do not speak English. <laughs> Bad karma. Non-religious activity. Suffering. Something wrong. Call 911. <laughs> Prohibited activities. Unconscionable. Activities for self-enjoyment self alone. Wow, deep answers. What was that? Yeah, we, we do not want sin, is what you are saying. Yeah, we are afraid of it, we are scared to death of it. <clears throat> Let's see what the definition is here. An offense against religious or moral law. To miss the mark or the standard of perfection established by God. Because most of you, what you said, falls under one of these two categories of definition. It's, it's, it's again the dictionary definition of what sin means. So we have a fairly good understanding of the meaning of what that word sin means. Okay. We'll connect it up. Before that, we'll talk about this cycle of sacrifice that Krishna talks about in the final two verses of that section that we are discussing today, which is talking about the prosperity and religion. So he's saying, all embodied living beings subsist on food grains, which are produced by rains, which are dependent on the performance of yajna, which is born of prescribed duties and prescribed duties are given within the Vedic scriptures and the Vedic scriptures come from the Supreme Lord. So verses 14 and 15 he talks about that. To underline the importance of performing yagyas. Okay, so now on the right side of that same image we see the purpose of human life which is to please the Supreme Lord and the best process is please the Supreme Lord by 
unalloyed and undeviated devotional service which is called bhakti or bhakti yoga so now comes the question right we have talked about yagyas and the importance of the yagyas and the benefits of yagyas and the downside of not doing yagyas so what are all the processes that are there under this yagya for us human beings to perform so vedic scriptures talk about lot many different kinds of yagya sacrifices and krishna is touching upon that but he is also wanting to nudge us towards a higher purpose so we'll talk about both those things so krishna appeared as chaitanya mahaprabhu around 525 years ago and he wanted to specifically establish the yagya process for this age this age is called kali age of quarrel and hypocrisy or in other terminology it's called the iron age in vedic descriptions time flows in cycles we are aware of seasons moving in cycles in a year because it starts with summer then comes the autumn fall season then the winter winter leads to spring and spring again turns to summer so that comes on completes one full cycle and every year is the same right so yeah this year we did not have much of fall season because it was directly winter but generally speaking it should follow the four cycles of seasons that completes one year and every year is the same so similarly vedic time frame talks about satya yuga treta yuga dwapara yuga and kali yuga and in each of these yugas the consciousness and the piety levels of the living beings are different in satya yuga it's very high and it decreases 25% in the treta yuga and again another 25% in dwapara yuga and when it comes to kali yuga it starts with 25% and it's deteriorating rapidly so that's the kind of living beings that occupy the different ages so in different ages different yagya process is recommended but in kali yuga the recommended yagya process is chanting the holy names of god and when krishna descended as chaitanya mahaprabhu 525 years ago he wanted to make this process even more simpler and even more accessible for everybody to perform he launched the sankirtan yagya process so just before this talk started there was the worship of the deities that were being performed and there was one devotee here that was leading a very wonderful kirtan jare krishna mahamantra was being sung in a musical format and all of us were also participating and singing along with that devotee so that is sankirtan people come together and sing and chant the holy names of god and also glorify the supreme lord so 
it is also a yagya process and it is the recommended process for the people of Kali Yuga. And the best mantra that needs to be chanted is Hare Krishna Maha Mantra. Okay. But Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was even more merciful. Who doesn't like to eat food here? Oh, I don't like, I, am, I have strong aversion to eating. None of us, we like eating food. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu brought in the concept of prasadam. What is prasadam? Cooking and offering food first for the pleasure and satisfaction of the lords and then partaking it. That's prasadam. So he brought in this Sankirtan Yagya and the prasadam concept which is being talked about by Krishna in these verses that we were looking at. Both are yagyas and that's why you see especially within the ISKCON movement, International Society for Krishna Consciousness, we have, we are more commonly known as the Hare Krishnas, right? Why? Because we are always about chanting the Hare Krishna Mahamantra. And we are also known for prasadam. We distribute prasadam and we also consume prasadam in tons. But thanks to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, if, if you look at a common way of having fun for people in general in this world, what do they do? They have parties. What do they do in parties? Singing and dancing and eating. That's it. So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu brought that same concept, but he basically connected it to the yajna process and said, sing and chant the names and the glories of the Supreme Lord and offer the food first to the Supreme Lord and take it as prasadam. So basically he is asking us to party. <laughs> and if we are really reasonable and sensible, we should rush up and sign up for that Sankirtan movement and then say, okay, I am for it. By doing this, we are taking care of our dues, our obligations as a human being to perform yajna. And we don't need to do complicated yajna process recommended in Vedic scriptures. All we need to do is sing and dance and take prasadam. If that is not simple, you have to tell me which is more simpler than that. There we, ca we cannot find anything more simpler and more appealing yajna process than this. Because if we go through the Vedic scriptures which talks about a lot about the yajyas and the just reading that we will faint it's beyond our means beyond our capabilities and it requires lots of wealth but this just chanting the holy names of god and describing the glories of god just like today we are discussing the verses from bhagavad gita so we can read and discuss Bhagavad Gita. We can read and discuss Srimad Bhagavatam. That's glorifying the Supreme Lord and His associates and devotees. And we have to just offer food to the deities and then take it as prasadam. Two things. That's it. So, that's why 
it's basically called the express elevator versus the taking the steps process. So what's the tallest building in United States of America currently? Empire State Building. So there are lots of steps to go from ground level to the top of the building. And there are also normal elevators and there are also express elevators. Express elevators take typically three minutes to reach the top of the building. What if a person says, I just like climbing, I will walk and take the steps. They might not even complete that journey. So oh, it's too much. Like I, where am I? Oh, I am only in the tenth floor now. It's been half a day. So the the first process of doing the yagya process that are recommended in the Vedic scriptures, it's like a gradual step by step process. It takes a long time to complete. But what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has introduced, the Sankirtan yagya, is like the express elevator process. Just get in, within 2-3 minutes you are at the destination point. Because Sankirtan Yagya is part of the Bhakti Yoga process. So we don't need to do two things separately. All we need to do is just do the Sankirtan Yagya and Prashadam program and we are done. So who would like the Prashadam program? Because it's going to come up. So I will stop here. If there is any comments, discussions, we can have and we can also circulate the mics around. There's one on the back there. Can you raise your hand? Hare Krishna Prabhu. Hare Krishna. Oh, it's a wonderful talk and uh, what you mentioned about the sin, S-I-N, um, it's a very, very broad topic. Um, not limited to one religion or one particular ethnic group and so on. Uh, one can argue, say, well, sin for you in your community or in your religion, it's not sin for me. Mm -hmm. Because I have a different uh, theology and different philosophy. Uh, case in point, uh, without, uh, well, without due respect to our religions, for example, uh, Muslim religion or Christian religions, um, you know, they eat meat and so on, and they have a justification to say mm -hmm. that. Same thing. Uh, eat comes and they have a justification to eat whatever. So uh, we in Hindu religion feel that we are vegetarians and because we have a reason for being a vegetarian for health reasons, philosophical reasons, theological reasons, and so on and so forth. So uh, that's why I mentioned that the uh, sin word is very, very broad topic. Yeah. Uh, but if we want to really uh, put in a context, and I would like to, uh, you to come comment on that and give us some advice or recommendations as to um, the, what kind of, uh, as, as our community here in Temple is concerned, how do we follow that sin word 
uh, as far as we are concerned as to and how to guide our life to a betterment. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Nice question though. Um, as we were looking at the definition of the word sin, it, one of the definition that was given was going away from the standard laid out laid down by God. So there might be, as you rightfully said, there might be different religious practices across the world and each of those religions will have their own standards and code of contact. And your contact, your specific question was, as a community here, what do we do? See, first of all, we have to understand that we cannot just keep doing things whimsically on our own and trying to live happily and enjoy without following any guidelines laid on by God. The moment we start doing that, we fall into those descriptions that Krishna was giving in those verses. Basically, we are made, making use of all these resources without even, say, acknowledging it from whom it came and without paying our dues and obligations. So then Krishna uses the word, then we sin. But Krishna is not saying, okay, you do not need to be happy, you do not need to be materially comfortable, you do not need to be peaceful. No, he is not saying that. That's why he is giving these verses and say, there is a proper way for us to lead a comfortable life as long as we are in this material world. But at the same time, we should not forget the higher purpose of life, which is to connect with God and return back to the spiritual world where God is eternally residing. So for that, he gives a specific process that is the yajna, sacrifice process. And to make it even more simpler for us, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu brought in Sankirtan Yajna and the Prashadam concept. Doing these two, we take care of our dues and obligations of performing a yajna and at the same time we also meet the higher requirement of connecting with God and achieving self-realization and going back to the spiritual world. So that is the idea behind the word sin. We have to do whatever we are doing in accordance with the guidance given by the Supreme Lord and his representatives. Consciousness, does consciousness have any particular connection with sin? Yes, it does. Because consciousness of a living being in the material world is influenced by the three modes of material nature. Mode of goodness, mode of passion, mode of ignorance. And usually it is a combination of these three modes with one of the modes being very dominant. So if the dominant mode is mode of passion, the living being performs certain activities in a certain way and the reactions are in a certain way. If the predominant mode is mode of ignorance, then the consciousness and the activities are accordingly. But when the mode is predominantly in the mode of goodness, then there is an awakening of knowledge and there is an awakening of cleanliness, purity and all those things that start to happen and then the living being is more inclined to know 
and follow the guidance given by the Supreme Lord in the scriptures to advance spiritually. When we say advancement in spiritual terms, it is the advancement or evolution of the consciousness to the pure state. The, we have to come to the complete pure state from wherever we are at. So it's a, the mode of goodness platform is the launch pad towards that. So how do you explain to someone who's from a very affluent culture and society that if they don't perform their sacrifice, yet they have a their brilliant mind and great education and a fabulous job and they're driving wonderful cars and big, living in big houses. So how can you convey to them the importance of performing sacrifice? They're, they think they've achieved all this on their own. They don't need God. They don't need religion. <laughs> These kinds of trick questions I have to be careful about. Um, no, no, I know, I, I get Yeah, yeah, no. I, uh, true. Uh, that's why I was giving that small exercise for the members here to form into groups and do. Even the person happens to be a rich person, they cannot say that I won't pay the utility bill. Forget it. I have achieved everything in my life. No, no. So, in in the, so, that is the example that will help them understand the importance and significance of going to church or going to temple and following the process of their faith and religion of giving something back for what they have received in life, because. That's the reason of that example and doing that exercise. Because, oh, when we talk about these utility companies and they are providing all these things and we have to pay our dues, and similarly there is an arrangement in the universe where these resources are being provided and I am expected to pay, still they have the choice of not wanting to do that as your main question is addressed, talking about. But... And they're still getting... Well, but at the same time, the knowledge is at least given to them that, hey, if you do this, you are on the right path. And if you do not do this, you are bound to get these negative results. So at present moment, it might look like I am enjoying my life so opulently and comfortably. But who knows what's going to happen next year? Oh, I will face it when I get there okay but have this knowledge when you get there at least you will know like what you did not do for you to end up in that state one year or few years down the line and it need not be even just loss of wealth or prosperity it might be also something related to health because when prosperity definition was being discussed some of them mentioned about the health the well-beingness how many rich people, the rich people can guarantee, say, like 100% I will not fall sick? But everyone knows they're going to die. And why they'll say, okay, I'm ready to face death, but they are not ready to face the disease, even if they are ready to face death. So disease is also a lack of 
prosperity. If I have all the money in the world, but I, my disease is not getting treated, then I am suffering. So when something like that happens in their life, and when they have already have this knowledge, oh, because of this, I am now getting all these bad reactions in my life, let me seriously consider it, what it really means. Does it really have some impact? Yeah, that's true. Oh, I am fine. I'm doing. I am fine. I'm doing good. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you for that question.